Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church, where the no matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. That's a that's a powerful thing. You know what? So many people go through life and they don't feel welcome. They don't feel wanted. And they don't feel loved. And I'm so glad that we're building something here where people can experience that. That is such a big deal. Well, today is a special Sunday. We have been working towards this for a while. Um, My brother Keith Stevenson is going to give his testimony today. And uh, you know what? I I do believe that each of you has a story that if, if folks were to hear it, hear what God has done for you, it would make a difference. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of guts to to stand up in front of a crowd and to speak and to really just be radically honest about your life and about what God has done, about where God has brought you from. So I'm really encouraged for Keith. Keith, would you come on up here, man? All right. Now, Keith is not my literal brother. We're both just really good looking. <laughs> So he's he's not my like biological brother. He's he's my my brother in Christ. So will you please be praying for him and, and support him as he tells his story? All right, can you hear me? I got a lot of anxiety about the things I have to say. This is uh, this is not as much a a public speaking phobia. Uh, I, I just it, it's a lot of stuff that I'm I'm still dealing with. Uh, as, as a explanation about me for people who do not know me. I have a big ego. I do not suffer from a lot of the low self-esteem problems that seem to plague other people. I have a very high opinion of myself. Uh, which brings me to my second point. I, I am pretty smart. I feel this about myself because I have spent a lot of my life... Uh, figuring out how to convince everybody else that I'm smart. And I've convinced myself pretty well in the process. Um, For for anybody who, uh, I know there's a lot of people here who who have come from other church experiences where they, they felt let down by the hypocrisy of other people in the church where you know the fa- the face that you see on Sunday does not represent the person the rest of the week and I have to apologize because I followed y'all here I'm one of those hypocrite people I uh you know just a, a little of my background I I was born to Christian parents. I have I have a good Christian family. I have a I have a grandfather who was a preacher. Uh, both of my parents 
our Sunday school teachers, um, and a, as part of that good upbringing that I had, I was sent every summer to a church camp. And uh, when I was uh, about 12 years old, I accepted Christ at camp, which, you know, it, it's an easy thing in an environment uh, like a church camp to be a Christian. But at the end of camp, I realized I've got to go back to the same life that I was in. And I thought, my parents must already think I believe all of these things that I have all along. And so I'm just going to go along like nothing has changed. And, you know, you, you, you can be saved and not pursue a relationship with Jesus and not have the blessings that go along with that. It's, uh, it, it's, it's not something I would recommend. I, uh, but, you know, I had, I had decided that I was, uh, I, I was going to just pretend for my parents that, you know, I, I had been a Christian all along. Like, this, this wasn't just something that had changed. You know, I, I had that idea because I'm smart. Um, and because I was smart, I, I rationalized to myself that doing things the way that I'd always done them was going to be me finding my way to God on my own terms. Again, smart. But, uh, you know, I, I, will, I will skip ahead quite a few years here. Basically, uh, basically, when you do not actually get a relationship with Jesus, life becomes very empty. You know, by, by the time I was 18, I was already depressed. And I decided because I knew that a relationship with God was important that I was going to make that a focus of my life. And I took a semester to go to Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa, which is a, a, a good thing, but I didn't go because I prayed about it. I didn't go because I felt God was leading me there. I went because I decided that was what I needed to do because I'm smart. I... I learned a lot of book knowledge at Emmaus. Uh, I, I learned a lot of how to blend in and let people think that I was doing everything right and still continue to do things my own way. While I was there, I got to be very good friends with a guy named Richard Blair. 
it's it's still hard for me to talk about Richard because after we went home at the end of the semester Richard killed himself I, n- I never even uh, I never even got to find out the circumstances of it I, I heard it through another person who went with me to a mast. After Richard died, I I really just felt like, you know, life was what it is and then you died and that it, it might as well be coming for me soon. And I started drinking, like blackout drunk every day drinking. Alcohol is uh, it's it's a uh, it's a way to uh, hide from things because once you've hit alcohol poisoning, you really aren't thinking about other things in your life. Now, alcohol uh, alcohol was the answer that I came to because again, I'm smart. I uh I I had moved back in with my parents uh by this time and they noticed that there were problems with me and didn't really know what was going on but you know they were obviously concerned and you know I did not want to discuss these things obviously so we had a lot of fights about that. Uh, I, I would stay gone as much as possible, go party, get drunk. I was uh, I was at a party one night. Was at somebody's house. I'm not even really sure who, but apparently they weren't supposed to be having a party. And their parents came home, and. Uh, threw everybody out and I ended up leading a caravan of drunken people around Mount Airy uh, looking for somewhere we could go just to get off the street and I had the brilliant idea that I knew where I could find a key to Calvary Baptist Church and I was like we'll go hide out there brilliant idea because again I'm smart uh, and needless to say this did not go well uh, and uh, uh, amid the um, amid the problems that were going on with that the uh, youth group had been on a very long trip and they showed back up from this trip after a long drive at four in the morning and found us there 
and uh you know so we we uh ran for it i uh i realized that considering that uh among among the deacons of that church where i had uh just unintentionally thrown a party uh was my dad and my boss at sherwin williams and i decided that rather than deal with the consequences of that me and one of my other drunk friends were going to just disappear off to uh, greensboro So I, I left a good home and a good job and went to be homeless because I'm smart. I, uh, in, in the course of living on the street in Greensboro, I moved on from alcohol to all the drugs um, and in order to continue to have a lot of them I started selling a lot of them and getting into a lot of bad business to uh, to keep the supply going and uh, I, I'm not going to go into the details of that because it's just uh you you can imagine a lot of bad things to do with uh, the drug trade um, in the course of this though after after about said six or seven months of this uh you know my my parents had tried reaching out to me multiple times to uh to try and reconcile things and uh, get me to come back home. And I, after a while, I decided that, you know, life on the street was not the best life and that I could just move back home. And I'm, I went back home, and the problem is I did not leave the drugs or the business uh, in Greensboro, I just set shop, set up shop back in Mount Airy. In the course of this business, I went to a friend's house to meet a woman that I did not know her name. I knew her only as Mountain Woman. Uh, met, met up with her at a friend's house to sell her methamphetamine. And the this woman loved me because I had drugs. And she would always tell me, you should meet my daughter. And I wanted nothing to do with her or her daughter. But one day I went to meet her, and there was a young woman outside the house, and I talked to her and asked her out. Uh and we uh, went and got something to eat and came back and went in. And 
I found out that this was the daughter that Mountain Woman had been trying to uh, introduce me to. Uh, and that was uh, Stephanie. And, you know, me and Stephanie started seeing each other. Uh, Stephanie had a daughter. Uh, just turned three around the time we were starting to date. That was Stormy. A lot of people here have met Stormy. Stormy is wonderful and everybody loves her. Um, but at first I really didn't. Because at the time that me and Stephanie got together, I was doing a lot of drugs. And I really didn't want to have a family. I really didn't want to be responsible. And, you know, a, a kid is responsibility. Um, but as anybody who has met Stormy knows, she grows on you really quick. And uh, I, I really got to like Stormy. And I decided that I really did want a family. I, I, I never thought I would. I decided I really wanted a family. I wanted this family. I wanted Stephanie and Stormy. And me and Stephanie moved in together in Hillsville. Uh, you know, I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a life for myself, a, a family. Uh, but it's going to be on my own terms still. And I, I knew that a part of having a family was, uh, you know, belonging to a church and being part of the community. And we started going to church. Uh, you know, when, when me and Stephanie got together, she had had drug problems in the past, but was not on anything at that time. And I fixed that really quick. We we were doing lots of drugs. Um, and so that that was the start of, you know, us occasionally going to church and then the rest of the time doing whatever I felt, you know, on, on my own terms. I... Uh, It, it it was not it was not a good or fulfilling plan and things of course went downhill because I I I came after a few years to realize that you know the the consequences of the drugs were having a bad effect on my family plan. They were having a bad effect on Stormy because we would you'd tell her to go play and then go get high in the other room and leave her alone for hours at a time. And I started to try and limit our drug use. Just which when when you have two addicts and only one of them has decided to cut back on the drugs, that that is a recipe for a fight. And that that started 
a long string of fights. Uh, and you know, a lot a lot of the problem there is that I wanted to control how much we used drugs, but not completely get off of them. And so that was never going to fix the problem. And so I, I was jumping back and forth between, uh, you know, be, being the being the good and responsible person that was going to, uh, you know, was going to save us from the problems of drug use and still going back and being the person who was getting high because we had such a good time when we were getting high. It's it's very hard to uh, it's hard to let go of you know the the enjoyment of uh, doing that together even even when you know the cost even when you know that you're just making it worse every time you know Stephanie needed either a strong man to do the right thing or but she she wanted a fellow addict to have a good time and i was not even really being either because i i i tried to limit the drugs but i wasn't being a good man because i wasn't getting us away from it i uh this uh this got worse and worse you know the the fights got worse and worse longer and more vicious fights um stephanie uh stephanie had had some mental health issues before we met and she had been in a mental hospital and uh by by the summer right before Stormy's 10th birthday we we stressed our lives out and pushed things so hard that she uh was losing it again and that summer I committed her to a uh mental hospital you know I I I was now facing the prospect of raising a child alone so i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna clean up my act uh, i quit smoking uh, start, started trying to be more responsible on the job and the thing is stephanie got out and we went back into the same routine and you know we'd We'd get high together and get along for a little while and ignore our responsibilities and then fight and fight and fight and fight. And uh, eventually uh, I did meet Michael and uh, we became good friends. And, you know, I've, I've talked to him about a lot of this. Uh, Certainly not all of it, because I haven't talked to anybody about all of it. But uh, 
you know, so I, I was, uh, I, I was there still do still doing my thing, showing up, uh, for church. And I mean, I, I really did convince myself that I was trying to do the right things. And, you know, I, I really, I really wanted to be real about getting involved in church, but it, it's, it's very hard to make a real connection like that when you go home and get high and have a fight with somebody and then get up the next morning and put on a nice shirt and tie and show up to church. Uh, but I, I, I'm very good at, I'm very good at playing the part. Uh, you know, I, I would show up, I would show up to the church and look very presentable. Uh, you know, it, interestingly enough, uh, while, while I was there, uh, I, I was approached by a couple of the deacons asking me if I wanted to become a deacon at the church. I was so hungover while I was talking to them about that. I I have no idea how no one could tell that day, but uh, you know that's that's one of those cases the. The hypocrisy, the putting on a good face while I was there at the church. And uh, I don't, I, I did, I did at least have the sense to turn that down. I, uh, I tried to explain to them without giving any details that I was not qualified for the position. Um, I, I, you know, I had I had uh, had a lot of problems with landlords during those years in uh, in an eight year period. Uh, me and Stephanie lived in seven different places. Uh, and, uh, my parents decided to help us just get a house and you know with all well the, we'll get the house and then all the problems will go away because they were all to do with where we were at and not the life we were living and so ended up moving into the house I live in now uh, but man Stephanie still continued to fight and you know they're uh Several incidents of the police coming out, getting involved. Uh, eventually, we split up. Uh, I I couldn't give you an exact date because it happened many times. We uh, we'd split up and get back together, and split up and get back together, and you know, a few times she moved out and moved back in, and uh, uh, eventually, though it. it it got so bad she ended up uh going back to a mental hospital uh and when she got out that time she went to uh a halfway house for a while and then went to live with her biological mother in North Carolina uh, 
you know, I, I, I tell people a lot of a lot of stories about you know crazy things that happened with my crazy ex, and the thing is, a lot the 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 common thing with a lot of these stories is that they don't include my part in why things were so bad at that time. You know, I I I automatically come up with these uh, stories that make me look good, make me look like the the victim of the situation. Very good at it because I'm smart. But uh, the difference is that there's there's always been one person who has known the difference, uh, and that's my daughter. Because she saw the fights and she saw the craziness in our lives and and so she she got the example from us that you know life uh, can be hell all during the week, and then we'll go to church and act like nothing's wrong and this uh This kind of destroyed the the trust that she has in me because I, I have uh, yeah I, I have tended because of how I lived my life of because of how I tended to manipulate things to keep people's eyes off of me so I could do things on my own terms and. Uh, you know, I, I, I've realized a lot of times, you know, my daughter would have a problem and I'd say, well, here is, here is what you should do in order to uh, get what you want from that situation. She would get in trouble over something and I would say, well, here's what you should do to avoid getting caught. And so rather than teach her the right way of things, I've spent a lot of years teaching her how to be better at being a bad person. Uh, and then, uh, you know, pe- people ask me uh, why she does not come to church with me and other things. And part of that is that she inherited a anxiety disorder from her mother and Part of that is that she does not uh, does not trust my motivations in things now. Uh, you know, st- stuff is better than it was back when me and Stephanie were fighting, but it's still not great. But. You know, as as part of actually uh, actually wanting to fix things, I want I've I've wanted more and more uh, in recent times to actually actually get a relationship with God and actually find out what He wants me to do and do what He would have me to do, rather than do things on my own terms. Uh, one of those things I, I had avoided for, uh, well, 30 years being baptized because 
you know, I'd always hear, oh, well, you know, being baptized is not what saves you. And it's not. Uh, and I decided, therefore, because I'm smart, that it was completely unnecessary for me. Uh, but, you know, I, I talked to Michael and I was like, I, I need to go ahead and do this because God wants us to get baptized. You know, we, we were instructed to get baptized. And, you know, faith, faith in God is about listening to him and doing what he wants you to do, whether or not you think it's something you want to do. And I, I went and I got baptized. It was, uh, it, it was a good blessing to do that. I, I hope now that uh, I'm making better decisions of things. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be now the man of God that I have pretended to be, to actually mean the good things that I've said and done. Uh, I've not, uh, I've not got a, but because, because I've spent so much of my life doing things the wrong way, I don't, I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't have a lot of stories about, you know, the good things that I've done since, but I would like to point out that God works with, uh, God works with broken people like me. I could, uh, I can come up here as a bad person and deliver good news. And the good news is this God does love you, He has a plan for you. It is a good plan. And you do not have to deserve it to be a part of it. And thank you for your time. if you've ever picked up one of our brochures where it says who we are one of those things it says right in the middle of it is we're a, we're a safe place to be real and be real about our struggles and uh, I'm just so grateful I'm so grateful for Keith to share that that is that's real that's real I don't know your story I don't know what God's doing in your life um I dare say there's a lot of folks who feel like Keith does 
did. And we want to have that real depth, the depth that everyone thinks. I know a lot of, I've met a lot of folks who are like, if, if I do this, people will think, people will know I've been pretending, you know. Don't let that stop you from going deeper with the Lord. If you have a story that you want to tell, let me know. If there's a story of what God has done in your life, we want to have more testimonies like this of how God is changing lives. Lord willing, we will be back in the book of Mark next week. And uh, we're going to have a young man come and share some music with us next week. It's going to be really good. I want to close this up in prayer, and then we'll turn you loose. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your goodness. Thank you for the radical honesty. And God, we, we pray for We pray for each other that you'd be working in us and that you would be more and more real to us every day. God, we give you the glory. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks.